the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, September the 2nd, 2022, in the year of our Lord. In 1789, the United States Treasury Department was established. Today in 1864, during the Civil War, Union General William Sherman, his forces occupied Atlanta. I don't know if you've traveled through Atlanta uh, very often. I have over the years been through there, not spent a lot of time there, but The one thing that you notice if you're there at all, there are not a lot of old historic buildings. The reason is because Sherman was determined, that was kind of his goal as he marched toward um, Atlanta with his forces, was to burn and destroy uh, all of the heritage and all of the old buildings in Atlanta. It's kind of a sad story, but it speaks of a very deeply divided nation back in that day during the Civil War. We'll talk about a divided nation today a little bit later. Today, in 1935, a Labor Day hurricane slammed the Florida Keys. It claimed more than 400 lives. Today, in 1958, President Dwight D. Eisenhower signed the National Defense Education Act that provided aid to public and private education to promote learning in such fields as math and science. We have certainly lost our way from what Dwight D. Eisenhower had in mind when he signed that document today in 1958. Today in 1969, in what some regard as the birth of the Internet, I know a lot of people have have claimed the Internet, Al Gore, none the least, uh, he created the Internet. But today in 1969, most people who have studied the history, the true history of it, regard this day as the birth of the Internet. There were two connected computers at the University of California in Los Angeles, and they passed test data through a 15-foot cable. And they realized they were able to do that, and thus the Internet was born today. Today in 2008, conservatives told the press that they believed that Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, that he was the most liberal, least experienced White House nominee in the history of the Democrat Party convention. One year ago today, House Democrats promoted Republican Liz Cheney to vice chairwoman of the committee investigating the January 6th Capitol insurrection. They thought that was the coup d'etat. They they now have a Republican, so-called, heading up or co-heading their assault on the Republican Party, and in particular, Donald Trump. Did you, have you heard, maybe I've mentioned it on this program in passing, but Liz Cheney is now considering running for president. She took that appointment very seriously. She surely understands that they're using her, but maybe not. But yeah, she's considering, seriously considering, running for president of the United States. It's amazing what people are capable of. Anyway, 
Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. We need his loving kindness and tender mercies in our nation today. Good news. A federal appellate court has ruled that a California high school must allow, they must, underscore must, allow a club for Christian athletes requiring participants to sign a sexual purity statement opposing homosexuality. They must allow them to meet on campus like all the other clubs do. This week, the Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, pretty famous really for being left-leaning in the past, they sided with Fellowship of Christian Athletes over a dispute surrounding its efforts to regain their official recognition at Pioneer High School in San Jose. This isn't the first time this has happened. It's happening across the country. But this is happening as we speak. So I wanted to mention it today and talk a little bit about what the this tells us, I know most of us don't live in San Jose that are listening to this program today, but but we live in America. And this is a profile of what's happening in our nation today. A profile of the division, the deep division in America today. A Trump-appointed judge, yes, a Trump-appointed judge, wrote the majority ruling. That's very revealing. It is a pretty brisk walk back toward the Constitution of the United States. I want to talk a little bit more about this, but let's talk, speaking of the Constitution, let's talk a little bit about last night's speech. The speech was by President Biden was said to be a speech that was intended to save the soul of America. I saw no saving grace in the words of the president last night. They were angry. They were derogatory toward anyone who doesn't agree with him and his people. And it was divisive, to say the least. This morning, this morning on MSNBC, NBC's news channel, on the Morning Joe program just a couple of hours ago, Washington Post columnist Jeff Bezos' guy, Washington Post columnist Eugene Robinson, he heralded President Joe Biden's speech in Philadelphia last night as an urgent wartime address. According to Robinson, it is was significant that Biden called out his predecessor and all of the MAGA Republicans, I guess that's the new term for anyone who voted for Trump. He said, on NBC's news channel this morning, Eugene Robinson. He said the speech last night to me sounded like a president delivering a wartime address. And indeed, Joe Biden sees this as a battle for the soul of the country. He said it's a battle for the preservation of our democracy. To me, the significant thing was, yes, he called out Donald Trump, but he also called out the MAGA Republicans, the MAGA Republican officials and followers who for whatever motive, under whatever delusion, are going down this authoritarian path, this undemocratic path, trying to take the nation with them 
And he framed this as an emergency, as something that as a nation we need to bond together and to stop and to reverse and to return to our democratic principles and our democratic practices. And to me, it was an urgent wartime address. As I watched the um, speech last night, and I watched all of it, as I watched it, I couldn't help but think, as the president stood before in the shadow of Independence Hall in Philadelphia, I couldn't help but remember, and it's historically noted as factual, the discourse that took place in arriving at what the Constitution of the United States would be. After there was dissent and disagreement and, uh, you know, people probably said things to one another in there, they did. They later regretted saying, I don't know, but it was not pleasant. It was so bad that little <laughs> Ben Franklin, the oldest and probably the shortest of the group, and certainly not the most religious, he finally said, guys, guys, unless the Lord builds this house, we that build labor in vain. He said, we've got to have prayer. We've got to come together on this. We've got to get this done. And he advised them, in fact, called for, asked the chair, George Washington, to call for prayer. And they even argued over that. They said, we don't have enough money in our account to pay a pastor, a preacher, to come in and lead us in prayer. So it was, it was, there was this very divisiveness there, but it was, it was, everyone had a different view, but they were all wanting to get to the same place. Today, we have these different views, but they're not all wanting to get to the same place. There is that group in America that's trying to take America down a path toward to become a nation that our founders would never recognize. And what they came up with in that place where Biden stood in front of last night was a constitution that is unlike and superior to any constitution that's ever been written by any honest historian. That is there that is the the, the note of, of historians. It, it's a phenomenal thing. And it was born out of prayer. And it was born out of a sincere, a sincere commitment to freedom and liberty and the pursuit of happiness and so on. We have a very different division today. We have a very different situation. As Ben Franklin slipped out of that building, it said that a woman saw him and recognized him and she came over to him and she said, Mr. Franklin, what kind of a country have you given us? And he said, a republic, if you can keep it. Last night, our president stood in front of that building with the red light shining on it and military guards standing behind him, which sent a message that ought not to be sent by the president of the United States. But he made a declaration that none of us should soon forget. It was a partisan speech. It was brazen. He delivered it in the shadow of the Independence Hall in Philadelphia. He had the gall to invoke America's founding. Our founding came about by bold colonists banded together to declare their independence, fought their way out of the grasp of tyranny while smearing millions of his own fellow citizens as radical, unlawful, and hateful individuals. 
Everything he said last night, honestly, was intended, I guess, I don't know what his intention was, but it was it was written, it was parsed, the words, to further divide this nation. Despite insistence from the White House yesterday on several occasions, Press Secretary that Corinne Jean-Pierre and Chief of Staff Ron Klain, who some people say is really running this country, Earlier yesterday, they said that Biden's address will not be political. It will, it will not be about one political party or one political person. Yet the president last night named Donald Trump repeatedly, invoked MAGA Republicans in his remarks. He said Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundation of the republic. Only mentioned republic once, as by my count at least kept referring to our America as a democracy. It's not exactly a democracy. When they say democracy, they're talking about a European-style democracy. That's what they want. Barack Obama incessantly talked about that while he was in office. Speaking in front of this ominous-looking Independence Hall illuminated with dim red lighting flanked by military guards, he was calling anyone who doesn't support him and voted for Trump and supports Trump's ideas and values, a semi-fascist who harbors anger, spreads chaos. And he said of those people who do not support him in the left-leaning, progressive, destructive element in our country today as living in the shadow of lies. But then he called for Americans, I'm quoting the president, not to see each other as enemies, as he declared millions of Americans to be, well, enemies of democracy. It was a sad moment for America, really. He was more articulate last night, honestly, than I've seen him in recent days. I don't know exactly what facilitated that, but they were able to help him some way. He showed apparent ignorance on what happened at the hands of radical Democrats during the summer of 2020 outside the homes of Supreme Court justices in the summer of 2022, just weeks ago. He declared that violence is unacceptable in America. This is not who we are. He bellowed out very strong. Biden called for Americans to respect the guardrails of the republic. That's the mention and invoked the institutions creating, created during the drafting of the U.S. Constitution. Again, apparently forgetting that his party is the one that's seeking to nuke the U.S. Senate's legislative filibuster. They're talking about packing the Supreme Court and abolishing the Electoral College. That's what happened in that building where he was standing. Does he not know that? Of course he knows it, or at least the people giving him his words know it. He said, I'm asking every American to join me. It was amazing. He's asking 70 million people to join him who voted for Trump, and he's calling them semi-fascists. But come on and join me. Let's heal our nation. Even I can understand that that's probably not going to, I don't know. It's amazing. He dubbed the, his opposition to the mega, mega forces. He said, 
That will not only fail to dissuade people from supporting former President Trump, but it's likely to have a further stealing effect on his own supporters. The conservative press was saying last night. We must come together as a nation, he said. These are his words. But he said that on the campaign trail, not last night. Too many Americans, he said, uh, see our public life as not an arena for mediation of our differences, but rather they see it as an occasion for total unrelenting partisan warfare. That's when he was running for president, when he did speak, and it was very rarely. Last night, it's very different. Last night, the real Biden was speaking, not as a candidate seeking to win over American votes, but as the president of the United States. He's now commander-in-chief of the greatest military in the world, the man in charge of the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the IRS. His words are not just his own empty promises, but they carry the weight of the federal government of the United States of America, the most powerful nation in the history of the world. And he was damning about half of America last night. It's concerning... It's disappointing, but it's not surprising. Joe Biden is his own worst enemy in his battle for the soul of the nation. At least that's my view. Well, there's more that could be said, but I think that's enough. It's time to move on. That's what it was about last night as military stood behind him giving you the impression that you better heed the call. This Judge Kenneth Lee, let's go to San Jose for a moment. Do you know the way to San Jose? No, forget that. Anyway, this it was a two-to-one opinion authored by Judge Kenneth Lee. He contends that the San Jose Unified School District violated the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution by revoking the Fellowship of Christian Athletes status as an official student club at its high school in 2019. This was several years ago, but it just came to a hearing this week. While the school district cited concerns that the club's sexual purity statement and statement of faith constituted violations of the district's non-discrimination policy. Lee wrote that the school district approved other student clubs whose constitutions limited membership based on gender, identity, and ethnicity, and so on. The judge appointed to the bench by former President Donald Trump, yeah, that Trump, he identified the district's approval of the senior women of Leland High School, open only to girls, as an example of this phenomenon. He said, under the First Amendment, our government must be scrupulously neutral when it comes to religion. It cannot treat religious groups worse than comparable secular ones, Lee wrote in this majority opinion. But he said the school district has done just that. It's so refreshing to hear a voice of reason and a voice based on actual dogma of this country. I mean, who we are and what we are and how we've become that as a result of the Constitution, the Declaration, The statement that under God, this nation 
This case reflects just how divided our country is at this time and what actually divides us. It's the most fundamental moral beliefs. And that's what Biden was hitting on last night. He said, if you believe differently than I do, and the Democrat Party, you are semi-fascist. That's what he was saying to the rest of America. That will hardly heal the soul of America. It will hardly unify a nation. Does he not know this? I think he probably does know. He doesn't care. This is not the first time FCA has been challenged by the secular left regarding their beliefs. There was a incident, same thing, about the same time in Bozeman, Montana. There have been other issues that I haven't mentioned on this program, but I've been following them. FCA is a very good organization. The kids that are in athletics, boys and girls, um, they get in and, I mean, it's they make their commitment and they have their their support of one another in sports. That's why you see these outbreaks of prayer and things like in Bremerton uh, and, and Coach Joe Kennedy and when he would take a knee and and uh, pray on the sidelines there at the high school. I, we talked about this a number of times. It's been a national story. You'd see the players all gather around. I mean, he didn't ask them to. He didn't even, didn't even mention it. They would all gather around and pray with him because of the influence of organizations like, not exclusively, but like Fellowship of Christian Athletes, some of the most famous athletes in the country today, that everyone knows their name, or most everyone, are deeply involved in FCA. It's a very important function in our culture and in our education and in sports in particular. While upholding God's standard of holiness, FCA strongly affirms God's love and redemptive power to the individual who chooses to follow him, their statement says. FCA's desire is to encourage individuals to trust in Jesus and turn away from any impure lifestyle. That's their statement. That's what they're about. This, of course, is a problem for the secular left, just like people who voted for people who do these kinds of policies, not perfect people. Donald Trump is not the personification of these policies. Donald Trump is a guy who came in and as president of the United States, first of all, did what he promised he would do. And he started taking action on the things that he had promised the public he would do if they elected him. Then he continued to do things like move the embassy to Jerusalem and things that are so dear and so meaningful to Christians. Because this nation was based on Christian values and Christian ideology and Christian principles. In dissent, Obama appointed Judge Morgan Christian gave us a snapshot of the left. This Christian contended that the FCA lacks standing to, quote, seek prospective preliminary relief and our court lacks jurisdiction over this preliminary injunction appeal. What Morgan Christian was Christian was trying to do was to get this kind of thrown out or at least neutralized over a technicality. Serving God and having the right to a religious freedom, even in yes, public education, is not should not swing on a technicality. But that's what this guy was up to, this judge, the judge that Trump appointed said was having none of it. He said, no, the Constitution says this, the Constitution says that. 
That's how this thing came down. Because the district's non-discrimination policy cannot cause a real or immediately impending injury to FCA if no students apply, they said, for the ASB recognition that FCA cannot establish standing without evidence. It was all based on a technicality. The, the, The kids, the FCA, had not presented a piece that showed there are people waiting to join. There were already a a lot of members. But on a technicality, they were trying to throw these Christian kids out of the campus and throw God out along with them. That really bothers me. I guess I'm still a youth pastor at heart. I know I wouldn't look like a youth pastor today. Sometimes I feel like one. It's It's amazing. What caused this school district to take action against the FCA? One teacher. That's right. Not a massive movement, not a majority, not a democracy. One teacher. FCA was an official student club at three San Jose Unified School District for over 10 years, for over a decade. This Glasser, this Peter Glasser, became aware of the FCA statement of faith and sexual purity Glasser took issue with the club's proclamation that the Bible is clear in teaching on sexual sin, including sex outside of marriage and homosexual acts. Glasser didn't like that, so he took them on. He opposed the statements. He said neither heterosexual sex outside of marriage nor any homosexual art act constitutes an alternative lifestyle acceptable to God. He said that's not acceptable. <laughs> the FCC also requires its officers to affirm those statements. Nope, he said Glasser couldn't handle it, so he took them on. He posted FCA statements on the whiteboard in his classroom and ridiculed them. He wrote that he was deeply saddened that a club on Pioneer's campus, Pioneer High School's campus, asked its members to affirm those statements. In an email, in an email to the school's principal, Glasser, this one man, shared additional concerns about FCA's beliefs, stating that God approves only of relationships between one man and one woman and that God assigns our gender identities at birth based on our physical parts that he gives us. He said, that really bothers me. I can't accept that. And students who are fully indoctrinated now, they joined him. And Glasser's email led to a discussion with the committees and the conclusion that they must eliminate this radical right-wing club. And it went all the way through the courts and back to here this week. They were allowed what they should have been allowed under the Constitution of the United States from the very beginning. Jesus responded to these kinds of things. John 15 records that. Jesus said, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they had persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept me, uh, kept my saying, they will also keep yours. But all these things will they not do unto you for my sake, because you know not him that sent me. He hateth me, he that hateth me, hateth my father, Jesus said. But this cometh to pass, that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. That's kind of where we are today. Hated, 
without a cause because of our beliefs and our allegiance and our relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for your support. Thanks for being with me today. Have a great, great weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.